This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him. However you're listening today, I just want to ask that you'll tell a friend and then check us out online yourself at iworkforhim.com. Lots of great stuff on there, as well as the best way to stream us on the internet if you can't be in front of a radio is go to iworkforhim.com and just click on Listen Live and it'll give you all the options. And of course, every show is Every show will be podcasted within 24 hours or so. You can always listen to the podcast on many different platforms, but iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Faith Play, TuneIn, Meek, so many different opportunities. And check us out on Facebook. I work for him and as well on Instagram. Faith versus fear. Fear versus faith. It's the battle of all the ages. We serve a mighty and awesome God who has done spectacular things all around us. And he's done it for centuries, yet we doubt and we struggle. And we wonder if God can really do those same awesome things today. Why? Because we lack faith. We struggle with fear, fear of so many things. But in reality, our fear keeps our faith tamped down. And we walk, as in Jim Brangenberg speak, mamby pamby weenie butt Christian lives. Jesus said, faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. So how big is your faith? I know mine isn't that big because I've been asking for some mountains to move here and here to Florida. And still right now, all we have is the beach and there's no mountains. So, but seriously, how big is your God? Can he overcome all that you face? The enemy wants you to be independent and therefore weak and pathetic in your walk with Christ. What do you want? Today, we're going to talk with Jacqueline Vieira Iloff about her latest book, What If You Could? Find Faith in the Face of Fear. Jacqueline, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I'm excited that you're willing to tackle a topic that, boy, a lot of people don't like. I mean, it was really just kind of a, a showdown because a lot of people don't. Uh, they don't like to talk about fear, and faith is one of those things where, you know, the uh, mainstream media has taken on faith, you know, there's faith, but, you know, faith in what? You know, they talk about faith in trees and the sun and wh- whatever, but we're talking about faith in Jesus Christ versus the fear impacted on us by the enemy, and I just love the way you just went all at it in your book, What If You Could Find Faith in the Face of Fear. Jacqueline, before we get started talking about your book, could you just share briefly, how did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Um, well, I guess from early on, my you know my family has always been very dedicated to, um, to God and, and Jesus Christ. And um, I grew up in the faith. 
and uh, really in college was when I found my own walk with Jesus. And I said, Lord, if you know, if everything I've learned is is really real about you, then show me. And and I had this wonderful dream that he was standing at the door, beckoning me to come towards him. And um, I guess I've I've had that picture of him in front of me all of my life. As I said, okay, Lord, what's next? What door do you want me to walk through? And he's always shown up with such amazing um, opportunities and and um, and events and and exciting things that have happened in my life. Uh, it's not to say that there haven't been ruts in the road and, uh, and potholes and you know a couple, couple of rough patches, but I always turn towards him and uh, and have always just sought him whenever things went wrong because I know that I can't take care of it under my own speed. Uh, he's got to intervene and, and, and really guide me to a much better outcome than I could have ever um, worked out for myself. But it's a battle sometimes. So just living the life, being a Christ follower, it's, it's a battle because there's everything the world tells us is that it's a waste of time. It's too hard. Just, you know, that the American dream is really what it means to follow Jesus. I mean, it, it's it's a battle to focus on being and existing in the presence of God and to live by faith and not by fear. And that's what I loved your book. I just love that you just tackled this. Let me just ask you a question because you're, you're, you're being heard on I Work For Him. And our radio show is all about helping Christ followers connect what they hear on Sunday with what they do in their nine to five for two significant reasons, because Christ followers need to understand that their calling in their workplace is a significant calling and that that calling can impact the millions who are lost in the workplace who need to hear about Jesus, who won't go to church. So when you hear I work for him, Jacqueline, how does that resonate with you? Well, number one, if if you are trying to convince people that Jesus Christ is a um, you know is is your salvation is is the love and and joy and happiness that can be manifest in your life and you're not reflecting that then how are people going to understand who you represent so first of all you have to understand who you are in Jesus Christ and you have to have faith and faith is trusting God so if you're not trusting him if you don't have relationship with God on a daily basis not just on Sundays um, then then you're not meeting the expectations of, of what God has created you to be. Also, how are you going to be able to tell anybody else what you don't understand? You know, the best, the best way to explain uh, a, a math problem is to understand it yourself, because if you don't, you're never going to be able to tell anybody else how that equation works. So you have to understand what God says about you in the Bible. And there are chapter and verse in the Bible that talks about who you are, how God sees you as his child, how he created you, what those inalienable uh, rights and privileges are as his child. And we don't understand that often. We, we see faith like fairy dust, you know, oh, God, please just just make this happen. Oh, you know, we plead and, and beg God to do things when really what he's saying is if if you understand your innate ability, then you, with me, can handle everything. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it says. Um, and it's, um, it's something that most people don't get about faith, what that really is. It's, it's the things that we hope for, but it's also how we walk that walk every day. You know, right. if you have a bad habit, you don't just 
um, you know, keep going down that same road because you're never going to change that habit. You have to replace that habit with something else. So if you're not in the mindset of faith, then what you need to do is get into the Bible and read what it says about faith. It says, you and know, see it demonstrated. That's God right. with all your heart and all your soul. Right. Hey, we're talking today with Jacqueline Vieira Iloff. She's written this book, What If You Could Find Faith in the Face of Fear. Jacqueline, why did you write this book, What If You Could? Well, um, first of all, I, you know, I teach at the women's ministry at my church. And, um, and what church is that? Uh, the Lakewood Church. It's a little church here in Texas. You know, you might have heard of it. <laughs> Lakewood Church. Like you take you took over an old basketball stadium or something like that, isn't it? Or is it? Yeah, we yeah. You know, we have a cozy fifteen thousand people every service, so it's it's a great service. Okay, but uh, but we we love it, and you know we we're it, the people here are such a blessing to us, and, and we're honored to to uh, minister to them, and so I I developed this message for the women's ministry, and it so resonated with people. I mean, I got so much great feedback that I, I felt like God was asking me to put it into a book, and um, the story in, in the book itself. You know, I went around looking talking to publishers and trying to figure out how to get this published. And um, I finally just said, you know, Lord, uh, you know, if you want this thing published, you're going to have to help me do this because I don't, I don't have the first idea how it's going to get done. And not, not 10 minutes later, I ran into a friend of mine who was working for my publisher, and she said, oh, we're looking for authors. And I just blurted out, well, I've got a book for you. And the rest is history. Uh, it was it was just been a wonderful opportunity to work with Broad Street on this book. And uh, and uh, it, was a, it was a short uh, duration of writing. I mean, it took me 90 days on Fridays and Saturdays to, to get it written. So I know it's all from God because I couldn't have written it that quickly or, or had the message that are in it. But it's all based on scripture. It's not my opinion. It's God's opinion. It's God's truth. And uh, and I back it up with his word so that people can really stand on it. You know, it's uh, faith is a, is a formidable weapon against the enemy. Sure it is. Fear, and fear just manifests itself in so many different ways. And we're going to talk about what is it, what does it mean to have faith in the face of fear when we come back from the break. But Jacqueline, tell people how they can get a hold of you online. You've got your own website. What is that? It's JacquelineVieraIloff.com. And um, if you Google Jacqueline Viera Iloff, it'll come up. Um, you can go to my webpage. Uh, you can order the book. You can find out a little bit more about me. And I have some um, some articles that I've written that you can follow up on on different aspects of fear that go beyond what the book talks about. Jacqueline, what does it mean to have faith in and finding faith in the face of fear? Well, sometimes fear is um, very evident. You know, you're afraid of something terrible happening. But sometimes faith, uh, excuse me, sometimes fear is something that's more masked. It can be anxiety, it can be um, sleepless nights, it can manifest as anger, and um, and there's, you know, high blood pressure, depression. Fear is something that once you let it in, it um, it just continues to eat away at, at the substance of who you are. So you have to counter that fear with faith, and faith allows you to rely on God's Word and and what God has put inside of you to 
to dispel the darkness. You know, you have to be uh, a lighthouse, not a candle in the wind. You have to be able to to shine brightly in every situation, and uh, and faith allows you to do that. It brings you joy. It brings you happiness. It uh, it brings you security. Um, it, it it's it's completely the opposite of fear. And um, you know, one of one of the first things we did after we turned away from God in the garden was we hid away, and God came looking for us and said, "Why are you hiding?" And we answered him because we were afraid. So from the very beginning, that that fear has manifested itself as a separation from God. So the more you press into faith, the more you press into God and that relationship that God wanted us to have with him. And there's so much in that story that so many of us miss that Adam and Eve had such an intimate relationship with their heavenly father. Every day they took a walk with him in the cool of the day. And that's how they knew the sound of him walking through the garden. And they hid because they were afraid because they knew they had screwed up big time. And what a shame for that relationship to have been damaged. But Jacqueline, a lot of times when people write about fear, it's impacted their own lives. How has fear played a part in your life? Well, fear, um, you know, has come along at, at most places that uh, other people would recognize. Um, you know, anytime I had to make a big decision, um, for instance, um, right in, at the beginning of the book, I talk about how um, God asked me to go to the other side of the country. I lived in California at the time, and he wanted, and he put it in my heart that um, I should become involved in the political scene, and I, I did. I had become involved in a, in a campaign out in California, and, and the candidate won, and he was now going to be a, a senator in, in uh, Washington, D.C., representing California. And so I wanted to go because I really had gotten the bug. And, um, you know, fortunately for me, I was I was able to to get a job um, doing some wonderful work in Washington, um, but it meant that I had to leave my family. And that, at the moment that I had accepted the job, all of a sudden it became a realization that wow, I'm going to leave everything that I know behind, all my friends, all my family, you know, um, everything familiar um, in my surroundings, and and go to a place that's a pretty powerful. Um, formidable place. And uh, so I, I sat down with my mom and my dad and, and I asked, you know, what am I doing? How should I go? And they said, of course, go, you know, take take this opportunity. And, um, and if you fail, well, you'll have learned something and you can always come back. It's not like, you know, you can't come back. And that gave me the courage and the and the wherewithal to, to forge forward. But every day that I was in Washington, was a, a testament to my putting my faith in God because uh, I don't know if you know this, but Washington is a pretty scary place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we try never to talk politics on this show because of how scary of a place it is. But it is. yes, it's, it's just it's you know on a personal basis as well as a, as a public and and, and international basis. Uh, it's just you know you're you're surrounded by people who have an incredible intellect, incredible credentials. And, um, you know, I was just a kid from San Gabriel, California, um, and I was I was totally intimidated. But, I, you know, I felt like, well, if God put me here, then I can do all things. But um, but it was scary. And I, and I had a lot of fear in the beginning, uh, but I overcame it. And, and God showed me how to to walk with him. 
and um, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience ever since. Uh, I met my husband in Washington. I, I had my first child in Washington, and then we were called back here to to the ministry. And um, you know, again, I had to put my faith in God because I, once again, He was asking me to leave everything that I knew, all of my connections, all of my uh, accomplishments, and come to a place that I had never been, and I knew very few people. You know, oh, literally okay. a handful of people. And so I said, okay, God, if this is you, then these are the circumstances that have to be met. Because I thought, oh, there's no way this is going to happen, because I I didn't want to leave. And sure enough, he met those conditions and said, okay, go. And again, what wonderful opportunities have have crossed my path as a result. I could have never imagined what he what he had in right. store for me. It's it's fantastic. We're talking today with Jacqueline Vieira Iloff. She's written this book, What If You Could Find Faith in the Face of Fear. Love the alliteration there, by the way. Love that. It's hard to even say it fast enough, but find faith in the <laughs> face of fear. And I'm sure that's why you didn't plan that, the alliteration part, right? Or, or no, no, it's just what it is. <laughs> okay. All right. So you, you've talked about how, how that fear and just learning to learning to take steps of faith, even as a young lady to go moving from California to DC, which that I can't imagine being your dad going, what am I doing? Okay. Letting my daughter, my little girl go across <laughs> the country, but it, but it turns out it was an amazing experience and you got to see God's hand in so many things. Going back to your book, What If You Could, you talk about faith is like a mustard seed, which is, of course, Jesus' reference to, you know, the mustard seed. But then you proceed to tell us that it's not a little thing. It's what do you mean by that? Because a mustard seed is a little thing. What do you mean by that whole thing? But look at the power and the energy that's encapsulated in that tiny little seed. It grows in an incredible tree that bears fruit. It offers shade. It gives wonderful wood. It's it's an amazing concept to, to think that that tiny little seed grows into this majestic tree that, that does so many things. And that's like our faith. If we just have a tiny little bit, we can grow it in and do so many things with it. But if it stays little, it's not going to do anything for us because, you know, it'll just sit there. Uh, you know, a, a mustard seed uh, on the ground that doesn't get um, fertilized and buried and, and grows into a tree uh, dies and, and becomes nothing. So faith I think God was saying to us, you have to energize your faith. You have to grow your faith. And then and then you'll see how mighty and, and what mighty works and things you can do on using that power and that authority. Yeah, Jesus made that reference. Boy, if you just have faith like a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, go from there and cast yourself into the ocean. That's a mixture of seven different uh, translations. Sorry yeah. about that. But, <laughs> but the whole idea that that... We just need to have a little faith in a big God. Yet that right. is something that a lot of times in my own life, I'm not sure about you, Jacqueline, and I'd love you to comment. How did your faith grow? Because for me, it's been surrounding myself with other people of faith, and I can learn and be encouraged by their faith. How did your faith grow from that little step of faith you took? Actually, it was a giant step of faith you took to go from California to D.C. How did your faith grow while you were there? You know, um, it wasn't until I had my girls, uh, I had my second child, and I was um, a stay-at-home mom for a while, and um, 
it, you know, it was it was challenging. I would talk to God every day, Lord. You know, you, you gave me all of these wonderful experiences. You gave me all of this education. You put me in such Im- important places, and now you have me here with my daughters. But I'm completely isolated. What what is this that, that we're doing? And um, and I realize now he was feeding me faith because I turned towards my favorite thing, which is books and, and reading. And I studied about faith and about what prayers that availeth much and, and on and on. And I just kind of tried to pour all of that into me. And then one day, um, the Iraq war was raging and I was watching television and there was a, a little girl, six years old, who was in very critical condition, but not because of the wounds that she had sustained, but because of the lack of medical equipment and and medicine to sustain her and, and avoid, you know, having her um, get infections and, and die of, the, of her wounds. And um, and I said, oh, God. Oh, wait, I, I, want you, I, want you, I want you to hold that. I want to hold that story. As we're having an amazing conversation with Jacqueline Vieira Iloff. She's written this book, What If You Could? Find Faith in the Face of Fear. And so many of us struggle with fear in our lives and we so many of us don't recognize the fact that fear is an attack of the enemy because anytime we there is fear in our lives it's an absence of faith in our heavenly father and the enemy loves for us to dwell on fear and loves to fill our minds with fear and we just need to walk away from that and Jacqueline's written this amazing book what if you could find faith in the face of fear because fear will always be out there for us to either grab onto or reject but what are you doing with it each and every day as you head off to work with your fear or your faith? Which one is going to rule your life today in the workplace? Jacqueline, right before the break, you mentioned two different things. You, you talked about how you're watching TV and you were motivated to do something incredible. I want to hold on to that story for a minute because I want to step back to this time when you're at home. You've had two children. I believe you said they were both girls. You're, you're, you're an at-home mom and you felt completely isolated. Yet I want you to touch on the fact that that job, being at home, raising two kids, is the most significant job on the planet, being an at-home mom. Being a mom is so significant. Where would we be without a mom? Oh, yeah. Nowhere, because we couldn't be born without a mom. So talk about that, because that workplace is one that often gets downplayed as insignificant, yet I believe God intended it to be extra significant. Oh no, I was I was so blessed to be able to stay home when they were that young. Um, you know, I had been in um in Washington, like I said, I had a career, um and I I had my children later in life. I was over thirty five when when I had them. And so I had not experienced being in that kind of um environment. Um and especially in an environment where I knew very few people to go for support. So um, it's not that um, I didn't enjoy my time with my children because I loved it. I mean, I was, I was the consummate craft mom. I, you know, I did everything. I took them to every museum I could. We went to the ballet. You know, I was, I was uh, definitely mom counselor, camp counselor. And, uh, you know, I was their soccer coach. I, I did, uh, cheer coaching. I, I threw myself into everything, homeroom mom. So 
I was really there for them. I was very present in their lives, and, and I enjoyed every minute of it. But as an adult, you need adult communication. You need adult <laughs> interaction. At least I did. And um, That was the thing my wife said the most by. to me. At the end of the day, she'd go, I just need to talk to an adult, please. <laughs> yes, I remember those days. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know? Not you know you know it, moms understand the world over what that means and oh, so I won't go into what, it, how, what how do we explain it but but it was really just uh, challenging to to have adult conversations adult interactions you know going out for us was uh, was it was a time where we stayed at home a lot and and did a lot of uh, family things and that was wonderful but like I said I hadn't been used to that. Um, for most of my adult life, I had been out doing a lot of networking and and um, and socializing and, um, and and doing other things, impacting the world in a different way. So it was, uh, but it was it was a great time to fellowship with God. Um, I really started to understand what it meant to rely on Him to come to have a daily conversation with Him, and not just on Sundays or. Or on Wednesday nights, but to really, to really understand the nature of God, um, to understand why Jesus got sacrificed the way He got sacrificed, and what it meant for our salvation. So it really it it took me down another path that I needed to go, so that I could have the uh, the fruits later on when I wrote this book, when I ministered to the women's ministry. And, and I do the job that I do at our church. So um, God never wastes anything. Mm-hmm. If you are fully aware of what he wants you to do, he will have you doing exactly the thing that is required. And, and I'm so privileged because I save everything. I mean, everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, your husband, called, my life. your husband called and said, please, would you bring this up on the radio today to Jacqueline? The garage is full. <laughs> she needs to come. No, he didn't call. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, no, I have boxes labeled, you know, by the year um, of all the things that I've uh, I've been involved in, and it's it's an amazing journey to go back and look through that stuff, and you think, oh God, that's why you had me do that. This is why you had your hand on me here. This is why you gave me that experience. It's it's if if you haven't had the experience of doing that with your stuff. Take a look at, at pictures and reminisce about where you were, reminisce about where you were during those times and see what God had you doing and why he had you doing it for such a time as this. That That's that's always such a blessing to me to know that God was walking with me in every step of my life. That's, you know, that that is... That's just such a blessing. So let's pull all that together. You're sitting at home. You're raising your two girls. You've left the world of politics after you served diligently in a couple of major uh, presidential administrations. And you're watching television. Take us back to that moment. So uh, I'm I'm sure everybody recalls the Iraq war and and the horrific scenes that we were watching on a daily basis. And um, as I said, I was watching this report on on the injuries that were being sustained by the children in Iraq. And and as I was watching that, I, I really felt compelled to, to talk to God and say, God, please take care of that child. You know, I have two healthy children here at home, and I, my heart would break if anything happened to them. Please be with those parents and take care of that child. And, um, and as I turned and walked away, he said, well, what are you going to do? 
And I, I, I went, what? He said, what are you going to do to help that child? And I said, Lord, I don't, I don't have the wherewithal to help that child. He said, yes, you do. I've given you everything to, to, to intervene here. And I thought about it for a minute, and I thought, yes, I do. I know people who can send materials over there. I just have to get the materials. So I started calling friends that I knew that were doctors and friends that were in the political arena. And they led me one after another to to the next step. Uh, So every phone call that I made to Washington, to Iraq, to Kuwait, where the the port where the materials were going to be uh, shipped, answered in turn. And if you know anything about bureaucracies, you know that you don't get a person on the other end of a phone when you call. You usually get dial number one for this, dial number two for that, you know, you get it, and then you end up getting a recording at the end of all of that anyway. But that was not the case. And to me, that was so miraculous. I knew that God had a hand in what he was doing um, through me. And so we, we put a container, a shipment container, one of those big boxes uh, of medical supplies and medical equipment, and we got it shipped to Iraq. And I had some incredible partners along the way here in, in, in Houston who provided the funds to get those materials shipped over there. And an organization called Project Cure, who is a phenomenal resource around the world to get medical supplies to uh, to uh, places that don't have them. Um, but it was it was phenomenal. It was just phenomenal. And at that point, I realized, you know, with God, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to rely on myself to get through it. I am not equipped fully to do it by myself. But with him, all doors open, all paths, you know, become smooth. It was it was such an incredible movement of God in my life that from that moment on, I never tried to do anything on my own again. I've always said, okay, Lord, not my will, but yours. And show me what I need to do. And the things that I've been able to do as a result are to his glory, because I can tell you story after story after story of the tapestry that he weaves with us who are the threads uh, of that tapestry mm. and and the interconnectivity that there is that exists in this world because of him and how right. he works all things for good. Well, and really, it was just those steps of obedience, God calling you and you saying yes. Hey, we're talking today with Jacqueline Vieira Iloff. She's written this book, What If You Could Find Faith in the Face of Fear. We're going to give away a couple of copies of Jacqueline's book today on the air. 866-713-9675 is the I Work For Him listener line. 866-713-9675. 866-713-WORK. Call right now if you'd like to get a copy of What If You Could by Jacqueline Vieira, I love find faith in the face of fear. All right. So God took all of your experiences and used them for his glory to perform a miracle and bringing medical stuff to Iraq and the war that's going on there. Let me just go, go back to this, this question. I mean, cause this question, what if you could sounds to me like a question that the Holy spirit would prompt you to say, huh, Jacqueline, what if you could, because he knows we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And we, he knows that, that they can, that, that our Heavenly Father, the three-in-one, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Give us some examples recently of how God has said, what if you could? 
to Jacqueline Vieira Iloff. So he, he says that to me every day. <laughs> but um, right now I'm uh, I'm helping uh, with the movie and film industry um, to to understand that there is a market out there for good faith-based films. And, um, and you know, God, God put this on my heart way back when I was in college. And, um, and I thought, well, you know, that was, that was, that must've been my dream because obviously, you know, he took me to, to Washington instead, but God never, never, ever loses sight of your hopes and your dreams and your aspirations. He will bring them around at some point. And so now, um, I, as a result of, of uh, my working with the ministry, we've been supporting faith films at our church uh, through movie night, and we've had great success. People are just so excited to be able to bring their families to uh, to a movie that they know is going to, to be entertaining and wholesome and uplifting, and not necessarily preachy, because, you know, we have a great group of ministers and pastors um, at our church who can who can minister the word but this is about understanding that um, entertainment can also be uplifting and can show us how to be good people and and still win you know so many of, of Hollywood's films show Christians as cynical or uh, hypocrites right or, they or, sure you know, do they, you know they, they try to paint us into a corner of don't listen to them they don't know what they're talking about they're crazy hey, people Jacqueline as you've written this book you have also are involved in a ministry at your church why don't you tell us a little bit about your current work role well I um, I serve at the pleasure of uh, Joel Osteen in Victoria and um you know they're they're an amazing uh, influence in this world. Um, they, you know they reach beyond the Christian uh, community into um, every walk of life. I mean we've we've had so many opportunities to to minister the Word of God to you know Washington and uh, and and Hollywood and um, in Israel. And, and across the world, and now you know we're getting ready to um, bring the word of God to China uh, through TBN. So it's it's an amazing, amazing ministry. And uh, because of my background uh, in politics and uh, public relations and um, economic development, I um, I get to be the interface between the community at large um, and the political community and uh, and the. Uh, international community and the church. So um, whenever we have a visiting dignitary to the church, uh, my husband and I are, are the welcoming committee. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's always a different thing. Um, like I said, we, you know, we do movie night, so I get to work with uh, a lot of people from Hollywood. Um, whenever we go to Washington, we, we get a lot of invitations to, uh, you know, to meet with, with folks in Washington on different issues and, uh, or they come to visit us here. So I'm, I'm usually the interface. Uh, we work with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation on military caregivers and, you know, the challenges that, um, caregivers face when um, their husbands, spouses, children uh, become injured through, uh, through war. And um, because I worked with Elizabeth Dole, to me, that's, 
that's one of the really uh, wonderful things about what I get to do is um, I get to visit with her and and serve on her faith council. Um, so th- uh, again, God is just he brings things to me that amaze me, but um, but allow me to use everything that He's poured into me um, to His glory. You mentioned women's ministry as well. So, do you often get to speak to the women's ministry? What is your role there? Yes, I'm a I'm a visiting speaker. Um, I, about once a quarter, um, I speak to the ladies, and uh, they're they're always such a great audience. Um, and I've spoken uh, with panels about the different eras of a woman's life, and I've brought my daughter, who was at the time 15, and another young lady who was in her 20s, and a friend of mine who was an empty nester. She had just married off her three daughters, and uh, and we talked about the different stages of a woman's life and and what you know what the challenges are and how you know how to bring God into those challenges. Um, and I've spoken on networking, godly networking. You know, one of the best networkers in the Bible was Joseph. I mean, he got himself out of jail and, and to the top of the top of rank um, in Egypt. So you know, he knew some people. So um, so it's uh, it's always varied and, and very interesting. But I, I try to bring um, you know some insight and some um, some good advice to to Joel on how. Um, on how things are being viewed, on how sure. you know we should respond, and uh, you know one of the one of the big issues that came across our path uh, during Hurricane Harvey was the the Jewish synagogue here, Beth Yeshurun, was flooded out and they had no place to go. And uh, one of the congressmen here, who's a good friend of mine, called and said, "Do you think you guys can accommodate having their high holy days in your sanctuary?" And we said, "Of course." That's absolutely possible. So, um, you know, only God could have brought the Jewish Orthodox congregation of Beth Yeshurun into a um, into a synagogue, into a uh, sanctuary to hold their uh, high holy days. And to me, that was so satisfying that you know we are one body and we Amen. are one church. That's right. And uh, and you know, God can do all things, which to me is just a marvelous thing that I get to play a part in it. Well, and, you, and the whole, all of us Christ followers across the nation knew that you guys were making an impact there in Houston because the media was bashing the living daylights out of you, and they wouldn't have bothered with you at all if you hadn't been making an impact uh, for Christ. I mean, it was just amazing, the stuff we heard. Oh, they're not letting anybody in. I mean, they, I mean it was amazing how they kept bashing yeah. your church. I, 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 that always encourages me because when the, when the enemy goes on attack, it means he's afraid, and we love that. Exactly. Speaking exactly. of— and It was so uncalled for. I mean, we we were impacted by the hurricane like everybody else at home. You know, we were all— um, being told by the mayor to stay home. So uh, we had a skeleton crew at the church, and they were battling their own issues with water coming in to the first floor, which you can't see from, from one of the sides of the church because it's on a grade. And so um, what what the Twitter crowd didn't understand, what was what was going on with our own staff. We had people being flooded out of their homes and we were trying to take care of them. And, and we're not set up as a shelter. We're set up as a church. So we had, uh, we had to, the challenge was to get ourselves ready to be a shelter. 
Right. So none of that was being taken into account by the media. They were just showing us you know, uh, the, the, the glass well, doors. Well, if you if you're in a hurricane, the last place you want to be is in a glass surrounded <laughs> building. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, it, let's not give the media so any more. Cre- yeah. Let's, let's not give the media any more credit because they're just so ridiculous. Okay. Listen, we're talking today with Jacqueline Vieira Iloff about her book "What If You Could Find Faith in the Face of Fear." A couple more questions, and then I'm going to let you go. How do we identify and attack a fear versus a hesitation from the Holy Spirit asking us to wait or to proceed in caution with serious prayer cover? How do we, how do we take, what's the difference between fear and, and the Holy Spirit going, wait, just slow down. I mean, how do you, how do you identify that? Well, um, fear paralyzes you. The Holy Spirit contains you. And, and moderates you. It's a very different mindset, and it's a very different um, way of acting on things. Um, you know, we are we are given as children, as uh, when we're born, the, the the emotion of fear. But that's to keep us from falling off of you know the side of a table or or down a cliff. You know, that's a good intention for fear. But when fear paralyzes you, when fear dominates you when you cannot act one way or another because of fear then you know that's the fear from the enemy that they're trying he's trying to stop you from doing something the holy spirit on the other hand will take you to the next step and then say okay this is where i want you to go and this is how i want you to proceed and he'll give you a map of what to do next and he'll give you a peace more importantly than anything he gives you a peace he doesn't bring you anxiety and trepidation and sleepless nights so when you press into god it's a i say it in the book god is a comforter and i mean that in two ways you know he comforts us but he's also you know he puts his arms around us and he's just a, a comfortable place to be right and it's just so important for us to recognize the differences in that. You know, at the end of your book, Jacqueline, you have a 30-day challenge put in the end of your book of memorizing faith-filled verses. How is memorizing faith-filled verses going to help me when I'm facing fear and I need to find faith? Well, there's, there's two things. When, when you create, and I, I mentioned this, I think, earlier, when you have a habit, um, let's say you're a smoker. It, it's I've got a Mountain Dew habit, so we can use that as an example. <laughs> okay, Mountain Dew. If you want to get rid of your Mountain Dew habit, you've got to replace it with something else. Because stopping the Mountain Dew just makes you go, oh, I really want a Mountain Dew today. But if you replace it with something that's good for you, you know, a, a, a nice smoothie or, um, you know, a, or, or green tea or whatever it is that you like that's healthy for you, then you don't miss the Mountain Dew. You you crave the good thing. And that's what I'm trying to do here is get rid of those fear thoughts. You can't, you won't, You how, what what are you thinking about? How How could you even begin to go down that road with, I can, I will, I am, created to do all things through Christ who strengthens me and and put that into your mindset after after 21 days of of affirmations and 30 days of of devotionals your mind cannot be living in the same place it was that's you know 30 days before that's fantastic jacqueline vieira iloff what if you could is the name of her book find faith in the face of fear find her online at jacqueline vieira iloff Dot com, and we'll have that link on our Facebook page. Jacqueline, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. 
Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed well, I was, it. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Make sure you check out Jacqueline online, Jacqueline Vieira, Iloff, I-L-O-F-F dot com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. But ultimately, I work for him. 